Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 30 of Casual Watch Talk. I'm joined by my glamorous co-host, Chris. Glamorous? Well, all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yes. Fancy, fancy Chris. Go for it. We hope everyone's okay. Uh, A big shout out to everyone on the Facebook group. That just seems to be growing and growing. Thank you for everyone that's been contributing. I had to do a little apology this week because I've not been posting as frequently as i should do but thank I, you for i, I think you're mantle. too hard on yourself sam i think it's i think it's fine but <laughs> it's uh it's good to see everybody there and the conversations kind of continuing which is cool which is very cool yeah it's a real it's become a really interesting group so head on over put your membership in and we'll we'll accept you well as always we love to start with this watch obsessions so chris would you like to do the honors and kick it off here all right, uh, let's see, Watch Obsession. So, kind of a mismatch of stuff this week. I've been all over the place. Uh, I got another one of the Miltat uh, FKM straps. Uh, I had one for the Zin, and I just ordered the 22 for the Bell and Ross. So I've got 20 and 22, my base is covered. Figured I'm set, and so I'll have, I'll have sizes for days. So, uh bought that and then i was in a watch buying mood and so <laughs> which is never a good thing and i was uh checking out a bunch of a bunch of stuff online and i did an ebay sort of buy of parts to start making my first eta mod so my oh, first yeah so my first watch that will be of course i'm going to start with a clone like a $50, you know, clone three, uh, two, eight, nine, two, eight. I can't even do it. Two, eight, two, five. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Two, eight, two, three, two, eight, the three hand ETA, uh, whatever the clone is of that, uh, pick that up for testing and cheapness to kind of get started. Cause I, I don't want to, you know, tear into a $170 movement just right away. Ordered the hands, ordered a dial, uh, fancy case, you know, so I'm going to put something together. Uh, and actually, I take that back. It wasn't the 300. I ordered the the GMT movement. Oh, wow. So, so you're going big. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do a GMT diver. So we'll see how that, we'll see how that turns out. Those parts are on, on a long... Uh, well, you know, there's these uh, 24-hour bezels for uh, SKXs. I I hear that. <laughs> that oh, one... so it's not so it's not going in an ETA case then. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, probably not. Probably not. It might be. It might be in an SKX case. <laughs> oh, you're just going to you're going to upset a lot of Seiko fans, and I know exactly who they are because of the same Seiko fans that leave comments on my SKX video where I where I explained why I sold my SKX. Nope. And I dared to call the bracelet cheap. And oh, how dare you? <laughs> this is, a, a, it's like I fundamentally questioned people's very yeah, yeah. purpose for life. Some of the comments that I got. A little on bit, that, but... a little bit. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to tear into, uh, tear into it too hard, but uh, uh, definitely something that, you know, and, and it, 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 the truth here is that the Seiko hasn't, doesn't make a mechanical GMT movement. They make a kinetic or and a uh, quartz, but they don't currently manufacture that I know of. Could be completely wrong, but I've exhaustively searched the internet. A GMT mechanical movement. So that's that's kind of you know for Seiko modders, I feel like that's a pass. You know, so this is really interesting to me that the, the movement would fit in a Seiko case, even though it's an ETA. Yeah. The footprint of the of the movement is the yeah. similar. Yeah, it's actually uh, not only is it a little the diameter is it's a little smaller, just a, just a touch uh, smaller, uh, but uh, diameter. But the thickness is actually much thinner than the NH35 or the STS6. And that, and you're gonna have to use uh, I don't know if you made this decision yet, but you're gonna have to use a Seiko dial or a dial made for the Seiko watch. So they, I I actually could do both. So the the size will fit uh, the the date. I'd have to do a no date if it was a Seiko dial. 
So the date won't line up with the movement. But they make uh, 20... And I'm getting called out on all these figures. They they make Seiko dial-sized ETA movement dials. So you can get a 2892 dial that's whatever, 29 and a half mil for Seiko that'll fit in the that'll fit in the Seiko watch oh, wow. or case. Yeah. So it's just, a yeah, lot, lots of little measurements and things. And, and the key piece is the movement ring is the plastic ring that holds on to the movement. And for those, you know, for everyone who thinks that, you know, there's like fancy, fancy machine parts and everything. It's just a plastic ring in most watches, which is totally fine. Uh, it's, you know, it adds to the shock resistance, et cetera. But, uh, the dimensions of that are are super key because you have to line up not only that you have to center it and you have to sit it correctly to the dial, but you also have to line up the hole for the crown. Which so is, are you going to 3D print this one yourself? I am, yes. Oh. Yeah. So this is even more reason to join some, the Facebook group right. so you can see the progress on this. Done some prototypes, yeah, I've done some prototypes. Moved from, uh, moved from G-Shock, G-Shock strap uh prototypes over to uh eta uh, watch movement holders uh so yeah we'll see how it goes but uh yeah i guess the past would be the fact that you you kind of can't so or that you don't you don't have a true sake of movement but uh it, it would open up it open up some doors kind of fun you know experiment to see if i can i can pull it off so keeping oh, me busy yeah my watch obsession this week i think i mentioned this on last week's podcast and I've been trying not to look online for watches. I've been trying to be very, very good. That's right. And for the most part, it's proved right. Also, it's helping because my Kickstarter watch that we discussed a couple of weeks ago, this Neil Armstrong re-edition of a watch that Neil Armstrong actually wore, that's that's due in now for... It's supposed to have been shipped already, but as with kickstarter it's just constantly delayed and actually they're doing a very poor job of doing actual updates Um, so it's supposed to have been shipped meaning like it's past the deadline or they actually contacted you and said that we shipped it no it's it's way past the deadline but they said it this week but that's keeping me keeping me happy in fact this would be a nice little side business for you because those original ones in fact most of those original divers had just horrendous plastic bezels and they're almost, I mean, the one that I got for a comparison, that, that bezel's long gone. I don't know if you could 3D print that. I suppose the issue would be actually getting the, the paint on there. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a nice little business for somebody, though, aftermarket yeah. plastic bezels. Yeah, and, and like do it in like SLA, do it in like, like so, it's, um, so it's super smooth. Like do, you do a, a, like a liquid printer, you know, print it that way. Um, so, you wouldn't, so it wouldn't look like a 3D printed part. Be yeah. Cool. Oh, maybe yeah. this is a side business. Yeah, maybe one of those vintage watches. Right. Yeah, don't parts tell anyone. Or... It's our secret idea. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you can do uh, a, like the the thing that I'm excited about. Like, the, I mean, just all this all this technology. We've talked about you know watch technology before on the pod, but uh, like sintered metals. That's that is just like sintered like stainless steel. They can they can just they can now just have lasers so it's basically it's a bucket of stainless steel dust i'm way oversimplifying this a bucket of stainless steel dust and you fire lasers into it like a you know an x and a y coordinate and then what happens is it fuses the metal pellets together and then you just goes like back and forth like a like a 3d printer and then and then you just pull a completely sintered solid piece of stainless whatever out of the out of the bucket of dust it's amazing so yeah i'm i'm very excited for stuff like that well yeah i mean i suppose if that ever becomes a a consumer-based product after people make like a hundred knives might they might (laughs) i mean this would be a good a good way of recreating those old base metal cases that a lot of them i'm now asking watches that could have done with a new case And I'm and, and like I mean I can think of cases that I mean I think of metal watches I had from the 80s that just like had too much like nickel in them or or something and they just like this your skin and just it kind of like eroded away it wasn't like a true stainless yeah. and yeah those like you know, like you said all those base metal cases that you know were just plated um, yeah some someone can 3D scan and 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 bring back uh, bring back the 50s. There's a very interesting 
comedy sketch in the UK that a lot of the UK listeners will probably get this reference, but there was a show called Only Fools and Horses. It was about, uh, it was based in London. It was about two market traders, but one of their friends was sort of like the street sweeper. Um, so he would, you know, he'd, go, he'd always bring his broom into the pub and stuff. And mm-hmm. there's a funny episode where he says, they're sat around the pub table and he, he says, goes, oh, this broom has been with me for 40 years. And I got in the local paper because I've had the same broom for 40 years. And then the other guy's are like, oh, that's really amazing that. And he says, yes. And it's only had 10 new heads and five new handles. <laughs> <laughs> right, right it's called exactly. triggers broom look it up on youtube it's hilarious but i was just thinking about that with the watch like oh i've got this vintage watch but it's got a new case new hands new dial <laughs> a new basically movement. replaced everything speaking of uh so i haven't really had a watch obsession one of the watches has caught my eye but i'll do it as a main story but it looks like there's going to be a release date coming out for this steel the steel 321 watch which is is going to be interesting but Still, after months about her listening to it, I still can't understand why it's 15 grand. Apparently, they can only make 2,000 of these movements a year. But I'm wondering, like, why can they only make... If It it goes against supply and demand, in my mind. And this is goes back to that Watch Pro article. And in fact, most of these stories, except for two from Hodinkee, um, and one that Hodinkee won't like me mentioning, but if, like, Watch Pro, where they talked about the new fad is going to be limited supply, not li- limited edition watches. And I think they're right that they're going to start restricting the supply instead of like Rolex is doing. Rolex aren't doing limited editions. They're just doing limited supply. You, right. I feel like the market, yeah, just it's like I would rather, uh, yeah, I would rather have a watch that like everybody wants that I'm just printing you know what I mean? And then I can slow that down or speed that up based on supply and demand. And then and then versus this chasing these one-off two. I mean, it's it's from what I read, it's super complicated for Omega to bring that that movement back and to make it. And, you know, for, for them to make it in the way they want to make it in the 21st century. Well, yeah, fair enough. But th- they made this in the 1950s. Like, do you know what I mean? They, they I know, it's I it's know. incredible that they made it in the 1950s. For even if you looked at anyway, I won't go on it. Speaking of Swatch Group, I mean Longines, their new releases, they just seem to be giving people what they want with these vintage reeditions. Yeah, I mean they look yeah. pretty cool. They really do look cool. I'm, I was impressed with the Longines new releases. I went off on a bit of a tangent there. Let's no, it's okay. Let's dive <laughs> in for a few news stories, Chris. And as as always, Great. I like to get your opinion on the current affairs. And it's been an interesting week, I would say, in the watch world. So we've got more stories than normal, I think. And then the main topic we're going to do is all about watch snobs. And I'll leave it at that because I've got a strong opinion here. And <laughs> uh, don't get me fired up already, Chris, before I do the news. <laughs> don't yeah, mention right. tag. No. Um, <laughs> so the first <laughs> news story here is a company called Vol- Volback has released an absolute garbage watch. <laughs> now, I'm being a little facetious here. They have made a watch out of what they're calling recycled e-waste. We'll leave a link in the description down below. We'll just look for Volback watch. And essentially, they've made it out of reclaimed computer e-waste. So the strap appears to be made out of electrical cable this is mm. a very distinctive looking watch isn't it chris yeah I just i just pulled it up and i the color whew, almost knocked me out it's very yeah it's very dynamic it's vivacious <laughs> that's an adjective for it there's a lot going on here um i i can kind of see what you're saying about like so they're so they're saying they're making it out of recycled material yeah they're making it out of recycled e-waste so basically computer components or computer cases oh, but they're sort like. of making it yeah so they're sort of make so that all right all right so let's trust that they're making it out of computer uh, uh recycled materials but but like they're making it i don't i've never seen any of these parts so i assume that they're making it they're man they're remanufacturing that plastic basically yeah to make it look like a bunch of bits and bobs well what's interesting is there's no price on it or certainly one that i could find so i went on the website and i didn't realize that this 
cool materials, I think they're called, or Volbeck, they are actually pioneers in apparel. So they have got a T-shirt, well, two T-shirts. One is made out of ceramic fibers so they're calling it the world's toughest t-shirt and they have another mm-hmm. one made out of weaved carbon fiber apparently these t-shirts oh. all survived the apocalypse or whatever i mean they're 110 dollars yeah. for a t-shirt but and they've also got yeah. a, a jacket that they're calling the full metal jacket which has metal fibers <laughs> in it they're doing some really cool stuff actually it was interesting, yeah, interesting. But yeah. what that means is i think this watch is going to be two or three grand I'm, I'm guessing but right it's just a show yeah also i feel uh, there was a bit of this maybe 10 years ago when everybody started, uh, like the architectural design started to do um, houses and buildings and such made out of shipping containers. Yeah. And what would happen is um, everybody's like, oh, you know, we need to we need to make affordable housing and, and cool architectural designs out of shipping containers so that everyone can use this material because we have them just filling our shores or like filling up, you know, just piles of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and what a lot of these companies would do is they would go buy a brand new, totally never used, untouched shipping container for their building. And you're like, guys, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's kind of what the feeling I get. That's here. <laughs> actually a good analogy. I know that there's certainly on Kickstarter, you see some watches that are made from recycled materials. The, the one that comes up expressly to mind is there was a watch made out of a material that they're calling humanium. Did you? Did you pick up on that one? Essentially, what I yeah, I I think I I think I heard about it, but no. What 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 was it? Essentially, they take weapons, primarily primarily AK forty sevens from, and they melt them down and then make a case out of the metal components. Okay. So there's sort of a, a precedent for making recycled things. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's good. I mean, yeah. These these is one of those. It's like that line where it's like it's good to have. You know, it's good to have that sort of uh, we want to change the world and and your money is going towards us doing this sort of thing. And obviously, if we don't have enough AK steel, we're going to add some other steel from other things. You know, I get I get it, but brings awareness to it. Okay, well, let's dive on to the next story. And I can't believe we're still talking about this, but Basil World in uh, epic marketing uh obviously they've really uh, thought about this uh, they've rebranded the show from basil world and they're calling it get this our universe hour <laughs> as in one hour our universe right so their angle on this i don't know whether they ever did that deal with murdoch hey, now now wait now wait you gotta get to the tagline because that's what made me roll my eyes back. go on f you 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 say it it's we time oh. <sighs> Oh, I just, I saw that and I just, my eyes is oh, grown, grown. So our universe, it's we time. Yeah, absolutely. So they're going to, is this going to be a mixture of live and virtual events and also some kind of digital platform? So I don't know if they're going for like a Chrono 24 here or a digital showroom. Now they're putting it on at the same time as Watches and Wonders which they're saying it as a very sort of well you know it's so that people don't have to travel multiple times to switzerland and spend money on hotels sure what they're sure. hoping is just to get the dregs in from right the um, yeah and and rob corder over at watch pro again he did a good article where he talked about it and then said obviously this isn't a great marketing move for them but he did explain that you know there's some brands that won't be at watch some wonders that might be on there still might be a gap in the market but also right they probably needed to leave it a little bit longer for the dust to settle i think after because not only did yeah yeah not only did they there was that bad blood with the watch companies about the refunds but apparently on this watch pro article they're saying that some people are reporting the people that were going to attend is that the hotels are kicking back on refunds and stuff like that so it's been hitting people actually in the pocket other than the watch brands yeah a couple of years ago they i mean or last last year not this year uh and the year before when they had a bunch of people walk away a bunch of the big guys walk away and then uh, what was interesting is they they started to include more people that would be like 
shoved over to the hotels and the in the out of way places and then maybe in the watch and wonders and like so then they started bringing those people in and they're like look this is amazing we're 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 having these people in the building and i felt you're letting them in now because you know you're two of your biggest people like walked yeah. away in another space it's like that mall that's closing that's like look look we got Seven thousand square feet. You could be in this prestigious mall, and you're like, but J.C. Penney and Sears closed. Like, it's not a prestigious mall anymore. No, <laughs> like, there's nothing here. Yeah, it's interesting as as well. They've said, well, it's a B to C to B to a B to B to B to C or something. So it's business to business, but yeah. also business to consumer. Oh, no, so you're gonna start being nice to like individual people that want to go now that you realize that you sullied the reputation right. already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like, well, oh no, this is you know, well, the public's welcome to this, and you're like, wait a minute, you know. Whereas when they had all the heavy hitters, and when attendance was killer, then it was like, oh no, sorry, this is a private show, yeah, you know. It, it, and like, and I get it, but yeah, it's that, it's that twist into that, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next story now. This could have been a watch obsession, but I thought I would leave it as a news story. The Hodinki did a good write up. Have you seen the new? G-Shock Frogman is now an analog version. I I have not. It looks, it looks pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, I think it was the last maybe of the line to really be the last master of G1 that was still digital, I think. I see. Uh, they yeah. their big Oh no, that's Oh no, the rate yeah, because the range man sort of right. went fully GPS type digital display, didn't it? But it doesn't mm-hmm. have hands on it, but the, yeah, I mean this looks awesome. Um it's going to be, I was looking on eBay, they're already started appearing on some of these J- Japan store one, and they're about $800, which is pretty good for uh, frogmen. So the one thing that you don't get, which you got on the most recent digital ones, is there's no depth gauge. But okay. this one has a tide graph, will time, obviously it has a diving computer. I think the big angle here is that it's, uh, there's, an, there's no digital display on it, but they're offloading a lot of the things onto the companion bluetooth app i yeah. see so it's you so it's utilizing the sensor in the watch to send it to the app so that you can you can sort of record and yeah stuff. it's more of a dive log there isn't any or certainly that i could see any of the depth gauges because the previous frogman had an actual depth gauge built into it yeah a digital yeah. depth gauge and it looked it awesome. looks like it's got tide indication and then a second time zone Yes, you're right. So if you look at it, I mean, it looks like an awesome watch, but essentially it's probably not the best value now 200 meter dive watch. Maybe, but I mean, it just looks cool. It also has a monoblock case. So one piece, nice and tough. Yeah, Yeah, it looks the business. I like the look of it. Um, Maybe a little bit on the high side. Uh, Maybe I would still go for that depth gauge one. The only thing that puts me off the Frogman is, I mean, it's the ultimate. G, one of the ultimate G-Shocks, I think. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know people who have it, and you've got to have quite a big wrist because it does overhang the strap a little bit. So it's a big boy. It's what is this thing? Got to be fifty something, fifty-seven, it's fifty-six. Yeah, fifty-six mil. Fifty-six. Okay. Woo. Yeah. Good times. Oh, they show the. Uh, they show the. Oh, this is pretty good. I'm, I hope you link the article because they show the Frogman over the years. Yeah, they did a good cool. job of that. Kind of see how that. Yeah, that's cool. There's some nostalgia there. On to the final story now before we pause for a quick break and dive into the main topic. And I'm going to take a deep breath for this. We've just talked about Hodinkee with the new G-Shock Frogman. But way the other end, they've released, I think in recent weeks, they've released another Swatch System 51, which I'm not feeling it at all. The look of it, it it looks like the old pop swatches from the 80s, but we'll we'll leave that. But they've created... The most hipster thing I think I've seen in a long time. <laughs> They've created an eight-day travel clock, very reminiscent of um, Jaeger, Jaeger Le Coultre travel clocks. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. thing, I mean, it looks nice, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's, it's properly Hodinky branded. It's not co-branded with one of the other makers. Yeah, it's, it's on the dial. On the dial. On the dial. Travel clock. Mm-hmm. They won nearly $6,000. $5,900. What are they playing at? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's way, way into, way into super, super hipster category. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know who would, enjoy, I mean... Yeah. It's one thing leaving your mobile phone charger in a hotel behind with you. I just cannot work out why they've done this. Apparently, they're only making 96 because 
apparently only oh, 96 okay. can ever be made who knows why okay all but, right well yeah 90s okay that that sounds although for the price that it seems like I, okay so they priced it right because that's probably what they would sell that's probably how many they would sell yeah know? it almost makes me think that they've <laughs> they've pushed these things haven't they they've done limited editions here and there they're kind of testing the this is kind of testing the upper boundary of what can we oh, possibly yeah. get away with here yeah yeah yeah, they're like, how many of these does John Mayer need? How many is he going to buy? So, like, three? Okay, so he'll have a hill by three. Sorry, so we got 93 more to sell. <laughs> and and to be honest, I don't even really understand what the purpose of a travel clock is because, yes, maybe they were handy before you had a watch, but the whole Hodinky thing is watches. We have watches that we can tell the time on. And, yes, a travel clock has an alarm, but I'm a big watch yeah. fan, but I still use my phone for an alarm in... Right, right when i'm traveling yeah they're pushing that they're pushing that ultimate luxury nostalgia of the the vintage authentic experience they're pushing that to the absolute limit and it's like it's way over the top for me certainly for sam it's it's very much like the guys you know uh vinyl records yeah you know so it's the guys that will spend tens of thousands of dollars not thousands of dollars tens of thousands of dollars on the tube the full analog transfer from the stylus to the speakers analog everything tubes everything and yeah okay warm rich sound the experience i i get it but at the same you know you just have to you're like and then what you're gonna listen to mp3s on it but it's that level it's those guys it's those 96 guys yeah that are like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to cut a record straight to vinyl. Well, what's funny <laughs> and, with it is you know. that they don't talk about the internal workings of it. That it's not, they they don't really talk about, like you would with a watch, you talk about really? the movement. They don't really. They don't even like show the no, movement. They talk or about the nostalgia of it oh, and, you know, just a the, load the of just, just a load of like hipster <laughs> crap that they put on there. <laughs> it's evocative sam stop yeah exactly it's like oh you know uh, i'd like a deconstructed tea please so they just put the leaves in your hand and then throw hot water in your face um it's that kind of thing and it's what i can't understand though is if you like these travel clocks you like the look of them you like the vintage aesthetic i went on ebay now and i found an absolutely stunning vintage Jaeger LaCultra, JJ LaCultra, travel alarm clock that is identical to the design of this one. They must have used this one as inspiration for $650. Perfect. Done. That ticks all the boxes. It's a vintage one. $650, right? Yeah. And and you'll be much less surprised when you find it in the hotel lost and found bin. (laughs) You're just like, iPhone charger, iPhone charger, Samsung charger. $5,000 alarm clock. (laughs) It's really, I mean, I can understand the co-branded watches that they have because the watch company itself has some prestige to it, whether it's Aris or uh, Blau Pau or whatever. But this is their own branded. I don't know whether there's a value in the Hodinkee name as a watchmaker, but who knows? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what they're putting to the test here. They're putting, I mean, this is their, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's their, yeah, that's 100%. Like, the marketing department here is is testing that, for sure. And by the time this uh, podcast is fully uploaded, all 96 of those watches will be sold, and those clocks. Yes, oh, I'm sure, yes. And and they'll be flipping them on eBay. And <laughs> I hope some, <laughs> I hope some flippers <laughs> get burnt badly with them, is, is the, my only hope with that. But, um, right, right, they just sit there. Oh, yeah, wow. exactly. And it's like, I used to be a millionaire before I bought seven Hodinkee <laughs> travel clocks. All right. Oh, okay, well, let's pause for a very quick ad break a few words from our sponsors and then we'll come back for our main topic hey it's chris from the casual watch talk podcast as our longtime listeners know we often talk about cars here on the pod and that's no coincidence like a lot of mechanical watch lovers we're both into cars and racing a couple years ago i curated a collection of automotive inspired straps and started the camping auto club camping auto club watch straps celebrate the rich history of automotive liveries with their inspired colors Available in a single-pass NATO, two-piece, and our new super-comfy elastic NATO. Check out Campionato Club on the web. That's championship in Italian, C-A-M-P-I-O-N-A-T-O dot club. Hey everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. Now this is 
This is more of a, an amusing topic, I think. But often when you see on forums, particularly some of the bigger ones, we won't mention names. There's this whole notion of watch snobs or the watch snob. And I had a quick look. I did a quick search on YouTube. And it looks like there's several videos that some of the big YouTubers have made on watch um, snobs. Teddy Balbazar uh, made one of his early videos. The Time Teller, of course, did one. TGV's done three videos on watch snobs or watch snobberies. I Mm -hmm. made an upload, which I ended up unlisting, and I will, as a little Easter egg, I can put the unlisted version, where me and another guy who writes a watch blog discussed watch snobs and he had a interesting view on it which i'll discuss later but we did talk about tgv in that video and unfortunately i got that much of a backlash for even mentioning tgv's name that i ended up just taking Hmm. it down because we were talking about how much we liked him really but how we were actually talking about this subject of watch snobs because even the word evokes emotions but i'm wondering whether the watch snob even exists that's that's my preface for this conversation, Chris. But I'll. What do you think? What's your view on it? Well, so I I think you have a I think you have a point. So I mean I I guess let's define some some parameters here. So in those videos, and I've seen Teddy Balbasar's video, I've seen TGV's video. I know what you're talking about. I'm I'm sure others have. It's that there are there is this group of people, or there is this person who is, you know, so elitist over their, either their knowledge or their, um, you know, uh, their interest, uh, you know, or, or what they own is better than you and they know more than you and this sort of thing. Um, I, yeah, I tend to, I, I've not, I've not seen that directly in one person. I mean, I'm sure there are like inklings of it, but yeah, it does sort of sound like it's a mythical creature that that you know that like you're going to run into that is is going to you know take you down a peg and tell you what and and I'm I'm with you I don't I don't think I necessarily see it but I certainly um, maybe the definition is a little maybe the definition is a little changed. So a couple of points I I'll say on it and guys please let us know on the Facebook group. I'm not expecting you to agree with me. This is just my view of being a a watch YouTuber. I'm no by no means a watch expert. I don't have a a very large collection of watches. But it it seems almost as if the, the idea of the watch snob is that when you post your modest watch on there that somebody's there to start questioning you about why you chose it and things like that let me tell you something people are a-holes on the internet right i'm i'm in a (laughs) what yeah i'm in a mini i've got a mini clubman that i adore and there's i'm on two forums and often it's times oh what does this diagnostic trouble code do but even on there people are like oh well why did you paint your mini that color i don't say oh you're a mini clubman snob there is people that are just (laughs) There are people that are insecure about themselves or I live in I live in quite well, both Chris and I live in part of Orange County and my road Mm -hmm. here is is a straight road. And often I'll see sports cars accelerating down the road. My first thought isn't, wow, that's an amazing sports car. My first thought is, who hurt you? (laughs) Why? Why is this your thrill accelerating down a a back street in Orange County. Who right. who yeah. who is that? Who are you messaging that to? Who who hurt yeah. you? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. But the similar thing with the I'm gonna kind of argue both sides here. So uh, first of all, I think that a lot of this was perpetuated. I feel like a lot of this was perpetuated by YouTubers. So whether it's videos around yeah. watch snobs or, of course, Archie Luxury, who is just an agent mm-hmm. provocateur, you see more posts, I feel. Like, you see more posts of people posting watches and then be like, oh, what will the watch snobs think of this? It's like a reverse snobbery. Yeah, yeah, like, right, right. As as if that's a group that, like, is going to just suddenly show up and exist. And so, yeah, I, I can see your point where, like, there's, there are a ton of insecure people out there. There are a ton of insecure people out there. 
and going to the internet like uh i chased uh reddit a little bit like i i would follow uh, our watches and trying to have trying to have something that people respond to on our watches is like it's it's an impossible algorithm that i can never figure out and tell you what will do that and then i realized that i was chasing that and then i just stopped because it's like you get into this position where you're like someone will post up you know just just their three watch collection and it'll get you know 200 people just come out of the woodwork and just be like, oh, it's amazing. Oh, so cool. Whatever, whatever. And you're like, okay. And then someone posts like two, two months later, someone posts up basically the same collection, gets nothing. Yeah. No response whatsoever. And so a lot of times the interaction on, on the internet, you're fooled. So don't be fooled if you post something up in the casual watch reviewer forum on, and it just happens to be on a Tuesday night and everybody's, you know, happens to be on the forums and browsing it and you get 30 likes, cool. But if it's the opposite and no one's on there and just, you know, no one notices it and Facebook just drops it off the page and you get two likes on it, well, that doesn't mean your watch is shit. Yeah. It just, it just means that you're chasing the algorithm. And so like realize that like, uh, you know, it's a bunch of people with a bunch of opinions that happen to notice, you know, that thing at that time. And then, yeah, it gets a little meta because they, they call, you know, so they call on to themselves. Yeah, it's funny as well. So I'm going to make some pretty controversial points here. I'm just going to preface this uh, by, by saying nice. that. One thing that you often see, and you only have to wait a day if you've not seen it on a forum, is typically people will post, I, I'll call them homage watches, but we'll just use Steinhardt as an example. They'll post that on a forum and they'll be like, oh, I really like this Steinhardt because the quality's superior and all of that. And yeah, it's a homage watch, but the watch snobs can't, you know, say anything. And I feel like saying, if you like Steinhardt, you go for it. But Steinhardt right. yeah, go for did, it. Not set, yeah. Steinhardt did not set out to say, we are going to honor Rolex by making a watch that looks like theirs. They were like, cha-ching. This watch, right. we're going to make a watch <laughs> right. that looks like Rolex. Yeah, yeah we're going to do an amazing yeah. job of it. Don't get us wrong. Right. But we're making yeah. it yeah. to jump on that. So when people post like, pictures of Steinhardt and they're like, oh, well, and if anybody says anything negative, like, well, you're just a, uh, you're just a watch snob. I, I've, I've been called it on mine. It's like, well, no, actually, mm -hmm. what people are saying is, did you really want a Rolex or did you want a watch right. that, that is excellently right. made because there's a whole ho it's a shame really that there is there's a whole host of watches that look so individual that yeah and, and i think you you have a good point about like it's insecurity on both sides yes. so like if you're it, you know don't if you can't afford, you're like i'm not gonna go buy a rolex I, I can't afford that thing right and so okay yeah uh if you're in that position and it you can get something that looks great on your wrist. It's it's functional. It's got all the stat, stats and 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 you enjoy that. Then you're you have to be secure and say like, oh yeah, I got it because it's a great watch. And then, but if you expose that, I mean, like the internet loves to jump on people's insecurities. Yes. Like if you expose your insecurities on the internet, forget it. Like if you you know you're just gonna get trolled and people are gonna be like, oh well, you know. If, if you get it saved up or whatever. And it's, yeah, so it's on both. I think it's it's both ways. I think it goes I, both I ways. I totally agree with you. It's, it just reminded me of a very interesting story that my grandfather always used to tell me. He grew up in a part of England where it was famous at one time for salt mines. So they used to mine salt. Mm -hmm. And he always okay. used to say that one of the, the biggest kind of threats to a salt miner, if they got a tiny scrape or a cut and salt got into it, it would it, it could mm -hmm. fester into an open wound and it's like your internet analogy mm. right yeah and let me tell you something those people that will look down on you because they own a rolex or will snub you because they look they are not on watch forums they probably have right. no idea yeah. about watches they just know that they spent a lot of money on a rolex and they would look down at you they would have they would yeah. look down on you if you wore uh jaeger Ocultra that was more expensive than a rolex because they have no idea what you're what you're wearing right um yeah so you don't need to feel yeah. insecure one of the other things uh, sort of controversial points i might make here is 
if you go onto a watch forum and you're posting a watch that is a, a, a let's say a, a fashion brand and you you're captioning it with well i really like this watch watch of the watch snobs think about it or whatever which is is a common thing you think when you look at those a lot of people are commenting because they're like dude why why would we're we're more we feel bad that you spent $250 on a movement and speaking of movement they've just released a mechanical one and their marketing oh. <laughs> makes it sad they're like this is the first human powered watch oh they're shaking up the industry they're shaking, they're shaking up, up the industry with a human powered watch <laughs> yeah it's got a rotor on oh, it oh really okay yeah it's oh, a Miyota oh, movement in it you're not changing the world but you, you sort of feel almost sorry like well you, yeah. yeah if you love it you love it but don't start yeah. antagonizing because people are probably like look dude you could have got a really nice you know a vintage watch or something like that with the money that it's almost as if you can't have like a legitimate, you, you can't have a legitimate criticism or a suggestion or a, an alternative point about a watch on certain forums without just somebody shutting you down and calling you a watch snob. It's like the universal, oh, you're a watch snob, right. what do you know type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think you make a good point about, about the folks that maybe can afford it that, that like, again, going back to that myth, you, you maybe, like, it's you, you're thinking that, oh, well, you know, if a guy that owns Rolex sees this, you know, he's just going to be like, oh, well, this is just a cheap knockoff, whatever, right? And I have a good story where I was at, I was ice racing in the Northeast. And one day on a frozen lake, lots of fun, by the way, uh, doing it with the BMW club. And one day, a uh, all-wheel drive Porsche turbo pulls onto the lake. And every car guy just stopped what they were doing and just was like jaw drop, right? And we all like went over to the car and they and he was and he was there to and he was there to race and he was there to like, you know, hang out and 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 you know and, and try it out, like try try the traction control and all that fun stuff, right? And I mean, this guy did not know a damn thing about this car and everyone on the lake was just like uh yeah so this is the displacement this is the you know this is every little detail of this car and again the guy just had no idea so so it's it's usually one of those you know so it's that myth that's like you think that oh you know this guy you know this guy that has everything and knows about everything is going to show up and show me down and you're like no they don't they don't know (laughs) you probably know more you probably know more about their car than they do or you probably know more about their watch than they do you know i mean we talked about it last week if you run into someone who's wearing the same brand you know that's you know that that's that's an excitement right but but uh, there's a lot of times where you'll you'll call out someone's watch i've done this you know hey nice watch and i know exactly what it is and they just they're like okay yep yep it's a watch that my wife bought or that i bought in a store when i was in the bahamas or whatever yeah, so I think so. I think it needs to be put to bed this idea of the watch knob because it it's res- I think it restricts open dialogue on forums and yeah there is people that are just not there are people that are just not nice about things I mean it, on any forum you go I'm on a, a forum for our local residents group I had to leave it because people were just horrible on there but I think this this and I don't know why YouTubers keep feeling like they have to make videos about oh what the watch snobs think or what is a watch snob or oh the watch snobs are going to hate this because it's it's almost clickbait i think at this point yeah yeah and and for me i've heard this about groups about like particular watch get together groups i will i will not name them <laughs> but but we we hang out at, at watch groups this is this is a thing and i feel like there's a bunch of people that say like, oh, group A is a bunch of snobs. And a bunch of people that are in group A are like, oh, group B is a bunch of snobs. You know, I, I, I hear that very occasionally. Not a lot. Not a lot. We're not, this, is not a, this is not a, you know, a systemic thing. Um, but again, I think it's that, you know, oh, I, I went and I had this experience with one thing. Like, for example, I went to one where someone brought their, uh, like, casio vintage casio collection it was amazing yeah it was like every every casio watch like from my childhood and i was like oh i had this one. Oh, this is great you know and you know we are talking about maybe three to five hundred dollars worth of watches here and everybody was all around it watching it so i mean like money didn't matter 
um it was just for the for the love of the of the thing you know for the yeah. for the nostalgia of the thing um that's what we enjoyed so i feel in even in person i think that there's a little bit of that like oh those are those guys are a bunch of snobs she's just like okay so then go like there's 55 people here talk to somebody else because I'm sure, because I'm sure some, I'm sure it's not the majority. Yeah, and 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 we're, obviously, I'm giving a very simplified view of this, and the reason is is that it's just I, I obviously I get comment on, on my YouTube channel. There's some you you're not gonna please all the people all the time. There's there's two people that the second that I upload my my upload a video, they dislike it straight away. They haven't even got time to watch the whole thing there's just something that they just fundamentally dislike about me <laughs> or they like to hate watch the content and what's hilarious is to me is that hate, hate watching is that hate watching is that like doom scrolling is, is that what we're doing i don't know but what's funny is occasionally somebody will comment a bit oh i i dislike this video because of this it's, it's particularly on the shinola video that i made and i'll okay. just reply back okay. saying please downvote it because it all it actually goes for the engagement and the more you the more you watch of it hate watching it or whatever the actual more that's and and i think the fact i think that with say a lot of like homage watches and things like that is they they are what they are if Mm -hmm. you like them then you go for it don't you shouldn't need people's approval on a forum to justify something that you've bought yeah, in fact yeah you because yeah you're, you're gonna get different views but you also shouldn't shut people down that have alternative views to to you by calling them like a watch knob mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the problem is is like you say chris it, we've got into this particular on watch forums where you're having to grab people's attention and sometimes it's easier to do that being negative than it is uh positive perhaps yeah yeah, yeah. And I and I think from from my standpoint, you know, sort of general a spectator of uh of of watch stuff on YouTube. Um I, I I'm with you. I don't I don't see it and I think I think people are nice to each other and I think if you're going to go on the internet, just uh, one assume that people are going to be nice because if you go in assuming that people are going to be jerks to you, I guess what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean like you know uh, you know, and if, and if it, if it happens, if it doesn't happen, that's, it's okay. I mean, I've had stuff where I'll, you know, where I'll post and I'll, you know, it, it just, uh, you know, especially in this time of, uh, you know, pandemic, uh, don't let that, don't let that sort of stuff get into your head. Like that, that, you know, oh, well, you know, someone's not gonna like it or, you know, someone's gonna say that, you know, this is a copy of this or, or that's not the, the real one or the original one was better than the one you have or just, yeah, no. No, it's fine. And realize that, uh, you know, you're going to go through life and, and wor- worrying about what other people think and are going to say to you is, is, is going to be hard to go through life. So don't do that to yeah, yourself. Yeah, and I'd argue as well is, as with most hobbies, and I'm sure you can relate, I'm sure you've got excellent example of this with your rally driving, is watch collecting, it is an expensive it's an expensive hobby we're not we're not knitting here where it's and so don't worry if you see in other people's collections that are bigger because it might just mean that your money or 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 how you value your money is just it it just is in other things it's it is an expensive hobby and uh, don't ever be down you know down that you've got you know a limited collection yeah. but but also listen to people's feedback because a lot of times i mean certainly with these fashion brands i feel like i feel almost not sorry for people but i'm like well especially like shinola you know i've got a bee in my bonnet mm-hmm. about shinola shinola yeah, yeah that shinola yeah. video i've got is it's probably one of my most viewed videos and it's certainly my most commented ones and it's always right. by shinola owners and I genuinely say to someone, look, if you bought that for retail, don't start attacking me because for $800, what you could get, a Hamilton, yeah. a micro brand, several micro brands, the, the world of horology is so rich in value, mm-hmm. in historical, Shinola are knocking out watches with quartz <laughs> movements in them that are, are probably $150 in parts. Uh, and they're knocking them out for eight hundred dollars. You know, this that's a good point, Sam. And I think one of the things when I first got into when I first got into watches and my first watch, the Hamilton Khaki King, very much on that list. I mean, I I think that it's 
not snobbery when you want to get advice on something that is, if I can cut through all the BS on any subject and just be like, listen, just tell me the best one to yeah. buy. I have, I have X dollars and I need a television. I have X dollars and I need a car or not, not maybe not a car, but like just put some like appliance. Yeah. And you're just like, I, I just don't, I just need to be told these are the best ones. And what's great, you, you totally nailed it. What's great about the watch industry right now and watches and watch collecting is that those answers are pretty limitless. Yeah. And the number of wa- a number of companies and watches that are like, eh, you really, you really not not gonna do it with the value, or you're really not gonna be happy about that in in months and weeks, and da 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 da. But but on the flip side, there's so many, there's so much out there. So I mean, that's that's really what I think you know you're you're trying to do, and I think you know any t- any time all the stuff that we talk about here on the pod, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about those brands and watches that are like. You know, if you want a vintage chronograph, then this long is getting it done and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and can go on for days on stuff like that and steer you, steer you in a direction where if you don't get into the hobby, if you don't have a 20 watches, if you have three watches, if you have one watch, you're a one watch guy, uh, you got something that's great that other, you know, that you're going to be happy with and that, you know, other, other folks are going to say, oh, okay. Yeah. That's a. That's a good value. That's a good yeah, watch. Yeah, it's definitely going back to uh, the probably final point on here, what you mentioned about those in-person watch events that uh, they were a thing a while ago, back in the olden days. Yeah, seven years ago or something like that. It's amazing. <laughs> in, the, in the before time. It's definitely the the passion that comes across when somebody's talking about their watch. Because I remember that that gentleman that la- one time I, I, I was there and he had a beautiful Tudor Black Bay. And the next time he rocked up in one of those, the Timex mechanical... Um, Q time yeah. ones and people were all over that and his passion talking yeah. about this watch you would think it was a million dollars and I think that's the right. thing is you're passionate about about why you bought the watch what you love about it uh, etc um, instead of it and yeah people are going to have different views on it that's that's life unfortunately you sh- don't, don't I think the internet certainly like personifies this where it's like unless you fully agree with what I'm saying then uh, you're you're not at all there's there's definitely some common ground there that you should listen to all sides in my view but anyway for sure for sure yeah and anything that we have come across and we've said I mean and you don't agree with it that, that's great actually like then I'm uh, we want uh, that dialogue that discussion I mean Sam says it in every one of his videos and is absolutely the case like Come and come and chat with us. Tell us, you know, tell us what you what what you think. What made you? Uh, what changed your mind on a particular thing, or how we feel about stuff? Because I mean, you guys said we had a super dynamic discussion about pet peeves, watch pet peeves last week, and we were kind of, you know, some stuff doesn't bother me, some stuff bothers, you know, TJ, some stuff doesn't bother you, etc. So that stuff we can have fun with uh, for all time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, guys, well, definitely let us know over on the Facebook group what you think. Do you agree with us about the elusive watch snob? You certainly won't be seeing me doing a video on on watch snobs or watch snobbery or whatever, but um, let us know on the Facebook group. Chris, any last words for the listeners? Just uh, everyone stay safe and uh, enjoy the watches you have. Awesome. As always, guys, we really appreciate you listening. See you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.